0: morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to McCrawl Podcast. This is the last episode of The Feast, and today we're going to be talking about a great one, The Feast of uh, Tabernacles, The Tabernacles. Yeah. And um, really quick, I know we've we've been out for the past two weeks, but we spent time with friends and family for Thanksgiving. We hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving holidays and um, we're back with another episode and today's going to be a great one if you're listening for the very first time please do yourself a favor don't start on this episode go to episode one and then catch up with us later Don't start on this one Because um, you might be a little confused But uh, maybe not, maybe maybe you won't But just please do yourself a favor Start from the very beginning And you'll know exactly where we are at in Scripture And what we're talking about today But uh, And also, really quick, please Like, subscribe, share And um, again, thank you to everyone that listens to this podcast I am joined with the great one and only AJ Holloway AJ, how are you doing today?
1: Yeah, I'm doing good. I got to, uh, you know, we did the micro mikra at Thanksgiving when we sat around (laughs) the table, and with family and a meal. Yeah,
0: the holy convocation of turkey. That was a
1: little. That was a little mikra. We're preparing for the wedding supper of the Lamb. That's how it's supposed to be, you know. Giving thanks. That's very biblical. Exactly. I'm good. I'm feeling full. Feeling happy. I missed. Man, I was like. Came all over me with just warm feelings when you said good morning, good evening, good afternoon.
0: <laughs> we're back with another I one. It. <laughs> I love it. That's like yeah. my favorite part of this whole yeah. series. Okay, come on. <laughs> it's a true story. No. <laughs> so uh, you 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 have a good one for us today. Um, yes. What are we going to be learning about? So
1: we're talking about
0: tabernacles. This is it. This
1: is Christmas for the Jewish community. Um, yeah not literally they're not giving gifts and all of that but they are uh they do i would say rather have the same feelings connected to it you know that special feeling you get this time of year man it's we're almost in december right now as of recording this particular episode and the feelings man it's just it's all attached to christmas and it's just uh And I'm sure it's different for each person listening. You may have lost someone on Christmas and may not have the same joy filled experiences you used to have. But by and large, Christmas has that celebratory uh, factor to it. And that's what Tabernacles is to the Jewish community. Wow. And it's it's closing it out. This is the last episode for uh, this series of discussions. So... I want to close it out with a bang and it means a lot. This particular, as you've seen through each um, episode, these have had a significance as it applies to us. And when you understand these things, some things Jesus said makes a lot more sense, but this one, this one is a big one. Now, yeah, We've said that for all of them, but
0: yeah, oh, we're talking about deal. tabernacles. Yeah. Yeah. A, this there's is a big deal.
1: There's more to it than meets the eye. And, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. This is going to be a really fun one for somebody. Yeah. So let's read uh, some scripture that is probably weird if you don't have uh, the background. And we're going to go into the historical background. But let's go ahead and start with scripture. I'm okay. going to read from one of my favorite books, Leviticus chapter 23. And we're going to start at Verse 33. I really enjoy the book of Leviticus. And I know that sounds weird, but when you really understand the movie of the Bible, Leviticus is really profound. Okay. So it says again, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, saying, On the 15th day of the seventh month, the seventh month is uh, what Tabernacles is in, uh, is the feast of booths. Okay, that's important. So I know we're talking about Feast of Tabernacles, Booths. It's all the same thing. I'll explain why in a minute. For seven days to the Lord. On the first day is a holy convocation. There it is. There's that word we like so much. Yeah, right. You shall do no laborious work of any kind. For seven days you shall present an offering by fire to the Lord. On the eighth day you shall have a holy convocation and present an offering by fire to the Lord. It is an assembly. You shall do no laborious work. Let's jump down to uh, verse 39. Also on the 15th day, I'm reading from uh, NKJV. So let me follow along with this. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. We can, I'll read it from the screen. On exactly okay. the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the crops of the land, notice this word, you shall celebrate. This is... This is the feeling that you, when you read your Bibles, by the way, a little segue, just a little fun uh, hermeneutics lesson. When you read your Bible, pay attention to these words and try to feel the emotion. Uh, The Bible wants you to do that. So when you read the word celebrate, get your mind conditioned for celebration. That's why I bring up Christmas in this episode. You shall celebrate the feast of the Lord for seven days with a rest on the first day and a rest on the eighth day. Now, on the first day, you shall take for yourselves the foliage of beautiful trees, palm branches, and boughs of leafy trees and willows of the brook. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You shall thus celebrate it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year. It shall be a perpetual statute throughout your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. Now, here's where we get the name of it. You shall live in booths. So that word booths is Hebrew for sukkah. Uh, sukkah is the singular form of the word sukkot is the plural. Yeah. Sukkot is you'll you'll see this. This is uh this is called sukkot. And that's just the Hebrew word booth or booths. You're going to live in these booths or sukkot for 7 days. All the native born in Israel shall live in booths so that your generations may know here's the reason why. They may know that I had the sons of Israel's live in booths when I brought them out from the land of Egypt. I am the Lord, your God. Wow. So this is really, uh, I just love this. So again, I'm just going to kind of give the, the narrative background, give the backdrop. So, you know where we're at, uh, this is all taking place. The 15th day of the seventh month is the month of Tishrei. It's the Hebrew month, which is September, October on our, uh, Gregorian calendar so if you remember let's let's take a get a little time capsule and let's go back to or better yet not a time capsule let's take the remote and hit rewind and get yeah. back two episodes okay okay because I'm trying to I want us to constantly remember like the bible is a beautiful uh, narrative and keep that fresh on our minds think of it like a movie so if you rewind and go back two episodes um this whole thing started with the festival of trumpets, that took place on Rosh Hashanah, which is the head of the year, right? It's the beginning of the year, and then for ten days they would fast and that's they would afflict themselves. They would fast and they would look inwardly and make sure: Have I been doing everything I'm supposed to do? Have I been living a righteous life? It's that introspection that we talked about. Um, this was all in prep- preparation for. Our last episode, which was Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement. They're searching themselves because the presence of God is showing up. And when he comes, he's coming as a judge. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure we're doing everything uh, the, that we should be doing. Let's represent him the way he's asked us to represent him. This was the Day of Judgment. Now, the Day of Atonement has come. It's a terrifying day. But now they see the righteous blood of of. The substitute has atoned us. So by that amazing work, we can now enter into the presence of God, which was what they were going to get when tabernacles rolled around. So five days after the day of atonement, where we're at today on this episode, we are now five days past our last episode in biblical time, not literal time. Right. They're now ready to celebrate Sukkot booths, tabernacles, all the same thing. Right. Now it's important to remember what's on their minds. Okay. When this Mikra was given, let's, let's get the context. Remember Moses went up to that mountain and he was up there for 40 days and God was giving him the uh, tablets, which was the commandments. He came down and he saw the people, they were bowing down to the image of an animal and they were worshiping. This is a wedding day that's taking place and they cheated on God like on the wedding day. They are not even on the honeymoon. Oh my. They have already cheated on God. Wow. And something unexpected happens. Rather than God wipe them off the planet, which he would have been fully just in doing. I mean, Right. They cheated on him before the wedding was over. He tells Moses to write the book of Leviticus, which is where we're reading from right now. This book, Leviticus, was given in response to utter failure showing us the amazing grace of God. He said, okay, here's how we're going to do this. In the first order of business, Leviticus one, kill an animal. It's going to be the substitute that brings you back in. Well, that's not fair. The lamb didn't do anything. Exactly. That's going to be an episode. I want you to bring up later when I come and die as the lamb on your behalf. I did nothing wrong. All of that. We're supposed to microw that. So we're now in chapter 23 of Leviticus where God is speaking to Moses about the tabernacles. He says, now build me a tabernacle. My presence is going to show up. And you can imagine on the people's minds, but we cheated on you. We don't deserve your presence. We, we blew it. And God said, no one is basically is deserving of my presence. Right? My goodness has <laughs> been drawing you to me. Your goodness didn't draw near to me. My goodness drew you to me. So that's very important. And we, we see that now that atonement has worked, right? God has atoned us in spite of our gross error. Yeah. They're now going to celebrate and say, we we've got a good husband. Yeah. So that's what is behind. That's the emotions that are behind tabernacles. So Moses, um, comes down, they build this tabernacle, uh, the judgment of god falls on the spotless blood and these tainted people are able to enter a covenantal agreement yet again with god wow they're going to celebrate his presence here in the tabernacle so there the tabernacle was put in the middle of israel's camp and all the there was 11 tribes that there was the north the south the east and the west they were all facing the tabernacle from these four directions The 12th tribe, Levi, didn't have any land. They were the ones in the tabernacle precinct. So all the people would be in their little tents, okay, their little micro tabernacles, Mm -hmm. looking at the tabernacle given to them graciously. And when the presence of God showed up in spite of their failures because the blood atoned them and made them eligible to draw near to God, the presence of God has shown up and they celebrate. Wow. We're not worthy of this. So they did this for 40 years as they wandered through the wilderness.
0: So their their, uh, tents were basically like in a circle of motion, like around the tabernacle? So when this came out? Actually, like a cross. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So
1: you would have, and it tells us in the text, it says that there would be, uh, and I may butcher the tribes and where they were, but Ban and Naphtali, they would be on the north side. And then you would have Reuben and Gad, they would be on the south side. Um, I may be wrong on the north and south, but but it mm. talks about they would have these tribes up here, the tabernacles in the middle. Right. So their entire lives were to be re- revolving. The image there is our lives revolve around the presence of God. Our households face the presence of God. So if you were on the west side, your houses face the tabernacle. If you were on the east side, you face the tabernacle. North, south. Wow. So that's that's how they were orchestrated in the wilderness, and we all know the story. Uh, They're not settled. They're in the wilderness, right? Right. So when the fire and the cloud began to move, they would all pack up their little booths and they would follow the Levites carrying the the tabernacle. Wow. They would break everything down and they would move. Yeah. Because they they want to get to a promised land. (laughs) Well, they do this for 40 years, right? Yeah, right. They blow it again and God stays with them in the wilderness so like the goodness of god is all throughout scripture rather than god just be like all right deuces i'm going to the promised land without you right he stays with them and he leads and guides them not only that but he sends them manna from heaven he feeds them in the wilderness right he also brings them water from the rock all of this is through the text so he that's,
0: supplies. He even supplies their needs through their, their needs. even through them making all these failures. Exactly. This is
1: this is all very important for when they come into the promised land. Right. So let's get to that point in history. So that's they've wandered for forty years. So the the wandering is now expiring, and they're on the verge of going into their promised land. Yeah. Now listen to what God tells them in Deuteronomy chapter eight, and I'm going to read. I'm going to read 19 verses right here because this—they're all important. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to read a lot of verses. It's yeah. I don't want—I don't want to butcher it. So this is what God tells him. He's bringing them into the Promised Land. Okay. They've been wandering for 40 years. They have got these macros. They've been binge watching this for 40 seasons. <laughs> they should be familiar with it by now. Right. So he tells him all the commandments that I'm commanding you today, you shall be careful to do that. You may live and multiply and go in and possess the land, which the Lord swore to give your fathers. You shall remember those words are going to be important. Remember all the way, which the Lord, your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years that he might humble you testing you to wow. know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these forty years. Thus you are to know in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you, just as a man disciplines his son. Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, flowing forth in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land where you will eat food without scarcity, in which you will not lack anything, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Now, that's tabernacles right there. And I'll explain in a minute why. But look at verse 11. There's a prophetic warning. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments. That's all of these macros.
0: Right. And,
1: and his ordinances and his statutes, which I am commanding you today. Otherwise, when you have eaten and are satisfied and have built good houses and lived in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold multiply and all that you have multiplies, then your heart will become proud and you'll forget the Lord your God who brought you out from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. He led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water. He brought water for you out of the rock of Flint. In the wilderness, he fed you manna, which your fathers did not know that he might humble you, that he might test you to do good for For you in the end, otherwise you may say in your heart, my power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth. Mm. But you shall remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who is giving you power to make wealth that he may confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. It shall come about if you ever forget the Lord, your God and go, if you ever cheat on me again, basically is what he's saying. Yeah. And serve them and worship them. I testify against you today that you will surely... Perish. Now, wow. I, I read all of that because this is what Mikra of Tabernacles is all about. So, this is the need for Sukkot, Booth's, Tabernacles, whatever name you want to give it. This, he wanted them to binge watch so that they would never forget. So, wow. when they came into the land, okay, when they came into this land where they had bread without scarcity oil and honey and milk, herds, cities that they didn't build, all of these things from the nations, it was going to become a temptation to forget the God who gave manna when they had nothing. A land of plenty has the propensity to become our God. Mm. What do you do to fend off these feelings, though? When you have more than enough, what do you do to prevent enough becoming your God? You mikrah you you go watch the movie over and over again and you say, oh, man, let's not forget that God gave us all of this. Wow. The mikra in particular was tabernacles. So I'll explain why. When they came into the promised land and they had houses, they had plenty of food. There was no, the, the Bible says that when they came into the promised land, the manna ceased. Why? That you're in the land of plenty. You don't need food from heaven anymore. So, What they would do on the seventh month, on the 15th day, tabernacles, they would leave their houses and go live in a little stick tent. Literally, they still do this to this day. They would take sticks and they would make a three-walled little, just very archaic, very humble little hut. They would take branches and put them on the top as roofs. I mean, it wasn't even solid. They could lay down and look and see the sky. They did this and they lived in, even though they had houses, they would live in this little booth for seven days to never forget. God gave us everything we needed when we were in the wilderness. Just because we have nice houses now, just because we have food, we're doing this to remember God brought us here. God gave us shelter. God gave us food. God gave us water. We don't want to become arrogant and think that we somehow deserve this earn this none of that that's what this macra is tied to wow reminded them how we used to live in tents and our whole life revolved around the presence of god our houses faced the tabernacle so it tells us this in deuteronomy 6 uh verse 10 11 and 12 two chapters just before what we read this is what uh, Moses tells the people, again, in preparation for the promised land. See Deuteronomy 6, verse 10. Then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you great and splendid cities, which you did not build, houses full of all good things, which you did not fill, and carved cisterns, which you did not carve out, <laughs> vineyards and olive trees, which you didn't plant, and you eat and are satisfied. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt and the house of slavery. Wow. I brought you out of the house of slavery into booths, into mansions. Yeah. That you didn't build from slavery to tabernacles to mansions. Do you see the pattern? Yeah. Yeah. Of salvation. That's going to be important from, from the house of slavery to the humble tents to the mansions that you mm. did not build so it it's only when we're deprived of our daily blessings health food clothes or housing that we really start to realize just how much we ought to be thankful for right deuteronomy makes the point most eloquently take heed lest you forget the lord your god when you have eaten and are full so in Exodus, the feast is generally described as the feast of ingathering, because it was the time of year where unlike Passover and Pentecost, where they're you know they're waving the sheep offering in an expectation of a harvest, this one they've already seen the harvest. They have already seen the God of the harvest bring in their food, so at tabernacles they're celebrating for the harvest that was given, not for the harvest they expect. They have already seen that God has provided a harvest. So they sit in these little huts and they eat a meal and they celebrate God. You're the one who has sustained us. We're remembering when our houses faced your presence. We're eating this meal because you provided the harvest our hands. We may have worked in the field, but we didn't generate this harvest. You did. This was all revived in their memories and they're seeing the tangible evidence of God's goodness through the harvest. Could you imagine we didn't we couldn't make it rain? God provided the rain we We planted the seed, but we didn't engineer into the seed the genius of God that when this seed dies, it would emerge into a more glorified version than a seed. It would become what it was always destined to be through death. That's all because of God's manifold wisdom. We couldn't do any of that all. Like, if you really look at our grand uh, participation in the whole process, all we did was dig a hole, drop a seed in, and cover it up. Right. God engineered into the seed. How how in the world God put a red oak tree into a tiny seed? And he knew all along, when it grows into its fullness after death, you'll see the seed for what it was always destined to be. (laughs) I mean, in the grand scope of things... (laughs) We're a joke in, in right. that whole process, so really. We couldn't yeah. make it rain. We couldn't provide the soil. All we did was just open up the ground, put a seed in, cover it up, walk off. God was the God of the harvest, and this is what they celebrated. This McGraw celebrates the end of the harvest and the enjoyment of its bounty. Well, wow. It appears throughout the text that what Deuteronomy set out to prevent, though, Take heed lest you forget when you're full. It happened anyway. Yeah. The people forgot. And sure enough, what happened to the inhabitants, the Amorites, the Philistines, those that got evicted from the promised land, God told him, he said, if you don't remember these things, I will send you out just like I did the Amorites. Sure enough, that very thing happened. The Babylonians came in and Israel is no longer in the promised land. But there was a tiny remnant of people in Israel who wanted a revival of sorts. Wow. And we get two gentlemen, Ezra and Nehemiah. Now, These two books of the Bible are actually one in the Hebrew Bible. Listen to what the man of God, Nehemiah, says in uh, Nehemiah 8, verse 13.
0: Wait, 8 and what? Chapter 8, verse 13
1: i'm going to read through to 18. now mind you they have not been doing any of these macra they've just been living it up right they've been doing whatever they want to do just going about life as usual so now maya finds a bible (laughs) imagine that yeah and he has a revival of bible and he comes across something and they're like whoa him and ezra they're like wait what is this listen to what they find then on the second day, the heads of the father's households of all the people, the priests and the Levites, were gathered to Ezra the scribe that they might gain insight into the words of the law. And they found written in the law how the Lord had commanded through Moses that the sons of Israel should live in booths during the feast of the seventh month. So they proclaimed and they circulated a proclamation. They started sending out emails. They're like, hey, guys, like, we haven't been doing this at all. Yeah. Like we need to go build some little booths and celebrate that God is the one who provided all this for us. Wow. So they sent out this proclamation in all their cities and in Jerusalem saying, go out to the hills and bring olive branches and wild olive branches and myrtle branches, palm branches and branches of other leafy trees to make booths, which is what Leviticus said. So the people went out and brought them and made booths for themselves, each on his roof and in their courts and in the courts of the house of God and in the square at the water gate in the square at the gate of Ephraim. The entire assembly of those who had returned from the captivity made booths and lived in them. The sons of Israel had indeed not done so. Check it out. From the days of Joshua, Mm. son of Nun, to that day. So the moment they entered the promised land, they didn't do it.
0: Wow. They already forgot. They already forgot.
1: (laughs) And they got arrogant and they were like, oh yeah, we did this. Yeah,
0: look at what we did.
1: Look what we did. Which we'll have later discussions about this, which is exactly what Nebuchadnezzar did when he walked out on his portico and looked out over the kingdom. And he said, look at my kingdom that I have built. Wow. And when he said that, an angel from heaven said, you didn't build this kingdom. And what happened to him? He was turned into an animal. Right. The Bible has a lot to, se- to talk about with the mark of a beast. It's an arrogant, self-indulged, think that you did it all by yourself person. Wow. A beast is something that has no need of God in the biblical worldview. And so the angel turned Nebuchadnezzar into what he already was. Now, remember what Israel bowed down to on the wedding day? A beast. beast. And what were they bowing down to? The other gods of the nations? They were animals. Mm. Israel has become marked with the mark of a beast that was brought in through their culture. And they did it like day one. Day one, they were like, we don't need God we needed him in the wilderness with manna and shoes and all that but we got the promised land now we we have no need of god day one wow. look at 18 he read from the book of the law of god daily which is also in Deuteronomy that's what you're that's what we're called to do that's psalm 1 sit and meditate upon the letter of this law day and night that's anyone listening you want to know what the will of god is for you and it's it's to meditate upon the word of god day and night I mean, I'll make your life way easier right now. And all that's right. what Nehemiah and Ezra are doing. There's a revival of Bible taking place. Mm. They're like, guys, we need to reinstitute this Micra. We need yeah. to we need to watch this episode. Like, that's what's happened to us. That's why Babylon came through and tore us to pieces. And we're no longer in the promised land. We stopped doing this. And when they read these words, they all had a revelation and said, we need to get back to them. We need to be humbled. Yeah. And he read from the book of the law of God daily from the first day to the last day. And they celebrated the feast seven days. And the, on the eighth day, there was a solemn assembly, according to the ordinance. This is the Feast of Tabernacles right here. Wow. They had a revival. And that's when they got the temple back. This is what is Second Temple uh, Judaism. So let's look at that really quick. Second temple uh, literature, they added two things to this mikra. Okay. They wouldn't just live in tents for seven days, but they would also, they set up these four big candelabras. I'm talking like they're probably 50 feet high in the courtyard. Uh, it was the, the courtyard of the women in the tabernacle precinct. And they would light those four huge candelabras. They were doing this to remember how God led us by the fire, the fire, um, the pillar of fire. His guiding light led us to the promised land. He led us through the wilderness. So they they set up these big candelabras and they would light them during this week of, ta- of booths. And that, this was to remember also that God was our guiding light. They added another thing to it. So they have booths. They have the, the in gathering and they have the candelabras. But the, the next thing they added was the priests would go for seven days down to the pool of Siloam, which was, uh, water flowed into the pool of Siloam, which was in Jerusalem. It flowed down from the Gehon. It was in, if you see the, uh, the phrase living water in the Bible or in Judaism, It's living water because it's moving. It has to be moving water. So they would go down to the pool of Siloam, the priest would. They would take a golden cistern, dip it into the water, and they would bring it to the altar right here um, in the altar area,
0: right in the courtyard. Hold on, I'm trying to pull this up real quick. Okay. Okay. Is that the candles right there? I don't know if it's on your side. Yes. That is very tall, actually. (laughs) Yes. So
1: that's amazing that you found that. So this right here, if someone's not watching and listening, there's these four huge candelabras in the courtyard in front of the tabernacle. And uh, different writings from the Second Temple period, uh, different works of literature, they said that it could be seen all across Jerusalem when these things were lit.
0: I mean, they were
1: enormous. I think on top of them is like five candles and the young... Uh, young men from the tribe of Levi would climb to the top and light them during this uh, seven days. So yes, that also in this area, if you move um, west from there through those columns, that big altar that's right in front of the tabernacle, the four big pillars that you see right there with the door, there's an altar. They would take the water that they got from the pool of Siloam and they would pour it on that altar every day for seven days. But on the seventh day, They would walk around that altar seven times and pour out the water again. They did this because they were praying that God would send them uh, their rains for the next harvest. Wow. So I bring those two things up because this was going on. The big candelabras and the pouring of the water. They were doing that during the days of Jesus. Obviously, this was instituted during the second temple period. The reason why that's important is because of John chapter 7, verse 1. If you can pull that up, we're going to read verse 1 and 2, and then we're going to jump down to 37, 38, 39. And then we'll read John 8.
0: Which one did you say, John 7, 1 through 2?
1: Yes. Now, notice the the time frame. The Bible clearly tells us the time frame of John 7. After these things, Jesus was walking in Galilee, for he was unwilling to walk in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the Feast of the Jews, and he tells us the Feast of Booths, was near. So this whole context is taking place during Sukkot. Okay. Now listen to what Jesus tells them during this festival in verse 37 through 39. So now on the last day, this is the the seventh day. Now remember, they do this for seven days. Sukkot lasts for those seven days. And then on the eighth day, they enter into a solemn rest. Now, the last day, they call it the great day of the feast. Jesus stood and cried out saying, anyone's thirsty. Now, mind you, on that day, the priests were walking around the altar seven times with a golden cistern in their hand. They were pouring water out (laughs) on the altar. And Jesus stands and looks at him and says, hey, guys, if you're thirsty. Stop going down to the pool of Siloam. Come to me and drink. Hmm. The one who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Now, they were going all the way down to the Pool of Siloam because the water was flowing from the Gihon River, living water. Flowing water is what living water means. He's like, let me tell you where it comes from. It doesn't come from the Gihon. It comes from me. If you believe on me, as the scripture said, what scripture? Leviticus 23. If you've been watching that movie. Hmm. If you've been if you've really been binge watching, hopefully you haven't been doing what your forefathers did when they entered into the promised land and they forgot and they forgot everything. Have you been binge watching? If Because if you've been if you've been watching these episodes, you should know what's here right now. If you have from your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But wow. this he said in reference to the spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. But the spirit was not yet given. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now watch John chapter 8, verse 12. It's still on the same day. I know it's a new chapter, but it's still all the same context. It's still during the Feast of Tabernacles. Watch what else he says. Then Jesus again spoke to them saying, guys, I'm the light of the world. <laughs> I know you're you're lighting those candelabras in the courtyard in memory of how God led you by the the pillar of fire. That was me. <laughs> wow. I'm the light of the world. Wow. The one who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Guys, I'm the God of the Old Testament, the God that led you by the pillar of fire. That was me.
0: Wow. I'm here.
1: Those things that you're lighting in remembrance it's
0: here no way Now wonder they're stuck in their traditions and they're going yeah. through all their motions and then now you have this individual jesus saying these things i can see now the culture like well, wait a minute who yeah. is this guy who do you think you are who who does he think he is gonna come and as we're trying to pour water on this saying he's don't drink from that drink from me and now i'm the light of the world
1: yes sir and That's listen to incredible John's theology is so profound because John also said in the opening of his book in John 1 14 and the word became flesh and it dwelt. <laughs> the word dwelt is the Greek version of the Hebrew word tabernacle. No way. He's like, guys, you remember how you all st- you all used to just surround the tabernacle for the presence of God? That's why John said, "And we beheld His glory, the glory that fell in the tabernacle." He's here. <laughs> like he's making some bold claims. Yeah, and he's like, "Have you have you been watching the movie?" The, the, I'm here. I'm yeah, I'm what all those episodes were about. Yeah, you've been preparing for this. Yes. I'm the tabernacle, and preceding that point, John 1 14 was John one one. In the beginning was the word, was with God. That's the that. word became yeah. It it also says, and the light was coming into the world, and the darkness comprehended it not. John was not the light, but he came to bear witness of the light. That that light coming into the world. Yeah, that was the <laughs> pillar of fire. Wow. Yeah, bro. How? I mean. <laughs> This is what God wants to do. He wants us to binge binge watch the greatest movie ever produced the Bible absolutely because he's quoting the movie in John seven, Jesus is expecting we've seen the movie, and when he says these things, the living water, you know the light he he's very much expecting us to know what he's talking about man. He, He's making a lot of claims here in their culture and in their context. and He is. That's the the whole episode of, of booths. We didn't do any of this. This was those little booths we lived in. It was preparation for the mansions of the promised land. Wow. Well, watch this. Paul, I didn't give you the scripture, but can you pull up 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1? And we're going to read uh, eight verses, one through eight.
0: Second Corinthians, what'd you say?
1: Chapter five, verse one through eight. Yeah. Somebody may be listening and say, well, what does that mean to me now in 2023? What does this macra have to do with the 21st century uh, Christ follower? Well, Paul, thankfully, really helps us here.
0: Yeah. Check out
1: what he says. It's <laughs> so good. Oh, man. For we know that if our earthly tent which is our house is torn down. He's talking about our bodies. (laughs) We have a building from God, a house not made by hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed, in this tent, he's talking about our bodies, we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. Since, in fact, after putting it on, we will not be found naked. For indeed, we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed. So that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Mm. Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God who gave us the spirit as a pledge. Therefore being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body this tent, we're still absent from the Lord for we walk by faith, not by sight. We have the spirit. That's like the guiding light. We are of good courage and prefer rather to be absent from the body. And to be at home with the Lord. Mm. When Jesus uh, ascended. He told us. He said. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Yeah, In my father's house. Are many rooms. In their culture. They would have heard. There's a promised land coming. So as the Israelites lived in literal tents. In the wilderness. And they moved into mansions. They did not build in the promised land. So to the 21st Christian, 21st century Christian, this is the tent we're living in this body. Yeah. But this one's going to go away and we will be given the eternal one when we enter into the promised land. This Makra means a lot to the 21st century disciple because me and you, we still have to stop and watch this episode and celebrate God. This ministry that I have, I didn't build this ministry, this job that I, I am making great money with God, this, I, it's not because of my, my hard work ethic. That's obviously that plays a part. You're partnering with God, but God was ultimately the one. We know people with great work ethic that are fired right now, not because of anything on their part, but just because that's life, right? All of that is, is what we're to do. We're to stop and celebrate, lift up our hands and say, God, thank you. Thank you for the health that I have. I, this means a lot. This episode means a lot, a lot to me because six years ago, I we really, my wife and I, we, we really, really have a revelation of this because we bought our first home in Lafayette, Louisiana. It was on 109 Kettering Circle. Our very first house. I'd never bought a house before. It's a 1985 model, but it was ours. Yeah, it was 1,500 square feet. It's where we we celebrated um, our marriage together. We were youth pastors. We uh, had our first child there. You know, we had our uh, our first dog together as a couple. All of that in this house. Yeah. And one morning, in 2017, in October, ironically, the month of Sukkot. <laughs> yeah. All of that was gone in seven minutes. Mm. And I truly, I have a beautiful home now that God bless me. I built it myself that I'm living in. I'm filming in right now. I'm building an office for this podcast. Every day I can truly, I don't use the words. Like I have a, I have a nice new truck. I say new, it's a new use 2021 model. That's the truck I've always wanted. I refuse. I will not say I love my truck. I just won't say it. Right. I won't say I'd never say I love this house because these things are temporal. They're not going to the place that I'm supposed to be celebrating. Yeah. I have a true revelation and I can really say, God, thank you for this home because I've been without for the months after uh, we lost our house in that house fire. We didn't have a home. I, a lot of people don't know this. I was literally outside. I was stepping out of the shower. I had a towel on. We had no clothes. Wow. So when I put on a suit, I still own the suits that church people gave me. Mm. When I put on the suit, I still remember and I stop and I, I'm the cry And I say, God, I remember a time when I didn't even have a suit. Wow. When I get in that truck and I start it up, I say, God, I remember a time when we lost our vehicles. When I look at my children, I say, God, I'm so thankful that I, you didn't let me, not my daughter, thankfully, uh, didn't didn't pass away. I, I just, I thank God. And I say, God, I'm thankful that even after the fire, I still got to celebrate Father's Day. Mm. You know? Yeah. And I as I was studying for this lesson today, I just felt the spirit of prophecy come over me. I really feel like we're going to go through a time in America where some comforts will be stripped and we're going to find out who the beasts are. Wow. When we bow down to comfort, we'll do anything to get our comforts back. Could it be like what God told Moses? This was all to humble you, mm. to show you that I'm the Lord, your God. Yeah. I believe anyone listening, it'd be far wiser to get that revelation now than to go through losing things. And there's going to be so many different contexts listening. Someone may have lost their job, filed bankruptcy, and you know, lost their house. And you know what it's like to go without. May we not get arrogant and think that we did all this by the work of our own hands. That's what tabernacles. It's that episode. And you're supposed to binge watch that. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to know it by heart. Every line, you should movie quote, tabernacles. When you sit down and eat a meal, give thanks and say, God, thank you for this food. I've never been without, but I want to create the habits now that if I ever do, I'm not going to blame you. I'm not going to be mad at you. Maybe you're humbling me to really have a revelation. God's preparing us for the end time hour. Right. Be prepared. He might take some comforts from you. I'm not a doomsday guy. Those are the times to celebrate and go live in a little humble hut and just say, I never loved this to begin with. Right. A mansion's coming. Wow. Tabernacles celebrates the reality of heaven that's on its way. <laughs> Let's binge it. Yes. Let's celebrate it. But guys, I don't have anything. I'm, I'm broke. Glory to God. You can thank God for the breath in your lungs.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Because someday you're going to use that very lungs to worship God with. Yeah. Let's, let's McRaw. And I think that this is the perfect episode to close out with in this season one, if you will. Right. Because I think that it would do us all very well in the end times because everybody's fretting right now, you know. If China invades Taiwan, what is that going to mean for our trade? And does that mean our dollar is going to be worth less than it's ever been worth? What happens if this president goes in and we start losing? What if another pandemic happens? And they take away our freedoms. Then you may cry. Yeah, Yeah. You, you celebrate anyway and know that this was never your. This is the wilderness. This this tent that you're living in. This is temporal. The promised land's coming. Right. We should be establishing these habits and just know. You know? I I realized this a couple of months ago. I bought my dream truck, it's a 2022 RAM. Right. Had it two weeks. Somebody pulled out in front of me and totaled it out. And it was uh, gone. Yeah. And the truck I now have, this 21, God bless me with. But I remember when that happened, I stopped on the side of the road and I said, God, thank you. I'm not dead. But God I, at first, I'll be honest, I was like, oh, man, no, my truck's gone. I just got this thing. And I truly, I did. I microwed in a moment. I had a micro McRod and I stopped and I sat inside of a truck with glass everywhere. And the whole front end was completely demolished. And I sat there and I said, who cares? I've lost them before. I, I want to be like Paul. I've learned how to be a based and I've learned how to, to have plenty. I just want to be content Yeah, with, with much, with little, it doesn't matter. So with me saying that I want someone listening to really redefine what a blessed life looks like. Right. Losing everything could be a blessing. Yeah. Cause that may be the only way to truly become thankful yeah blessings by material wealth it's not always the sign that god is in your corner it it does come with being near god the promised land is a reality but if the blessings then you notice that adam and Eve was hiding behind trees from the presence of god that was their blessings
0: wow they were hiding behind their blessings
1: they were hiding behind their blessings which is exactly what they did again that's, whole, that's the whole, that's, that's part of the movie, by the way, when we yeah. see them not, uh, remembering they got intoxicated with the fruit of their own work of their hands. Mm. May that not happen to us. And the only way it won't is if you may cross sit down at a meal. Thank God. Today I sat down and I've been trying to be very detailed in my speech in front of my kids. We were sitting at lunch and I said, God, we thank you that mommy knows how to cook. <laughs> We're thankful that you've given Daddy the opportunity to minister, which has provided us finances to buy this food. Wow! But above all else, we we would have none of this if it weren't for you, God. Right. I want my kids to hear that. Right. So that someday when my kids ask, "What meaneth these stones?" Yeah. I can say to them, "Eleanor, you were only one when mommy and daddy lost everything." Mm. We're very thankful. For what God has given us. And if we lose it all again, we've done it before. And guess what God did? He God brought us from nothing to what we, I have more now than I've ever had before. Before the fire, I was broke as a joke. Right? Was in debt. Uh, just my, my income was just paying my debt because of my own ignorance. But today we're blessed. Right. I want to be blessed and remember though. Yeah. So yeah, that's tabernacles.
0: Yeah, it just kind of reminds me, as you're talking, reminds me of that scripture and everything give thanks for this yes. is the will of the Lord, Jesus is Christ. The will of the Lord.
1: Is that? Well, check out how it ends. Yeah. Isn't it beautiful that in Revelation 22, this ends at a big dining table with plenty of food on it? <laughs> and the Bible says now, remember, remember what all took place at, at tabernacles. There's going to be a river of water flowing through that celestial city and on both sides of it, its banks is the tree of life and its leaves it says that it gives 12 crops all year long there's no season where there's no in gathering in heaven 12 crops all year long wow and the leaves of that tree was for the healing of the nations and then it says that there will be no sun nor moon there to light that place for the glory of god and the lamb shall be its lamp that just described what they celebrated at booths. Yeah. All these little tents are going to be in heaven and we're all going to be focused on the one in the middle all over again and yes. we're going to celebrate. So right. that hasn't happened yet. Right. We have right. received our glorified body. Right. So we should be practicing it because remember, if you practice these things, you'll know it when it shows up. Wow. We should
0: practice celebration right now.
1: Yeah. Heaven's on
0: its way. Yeah. This is such a humbling uh, episode. It speaks loudly. Some things that we can learn in the Jews, Jewish culture, they, God had provided for them through the hardship, through the wilderness, even when they were making mistakes, God was still on their side. Then they get to a land of plenty, the promised land, and they Forgot. They forgot everything. I don't know if they chose to forgot, forget, or they were stuck in their traditions, just kind of going through the motions. I I don't, I don't know how why they is. The, it doesn't really say why they how they forgot or why they forgot. But they forgot. They and no. then it took some amazing people to stop and say, "Wait a minute. We we have the, to get back to what Scripture says."
1: I feel very drawn to the Book of Nehemiah and Ezra. In fact, my son's name is Ezra. Right. I. I've asked God, I said, God, I know there's a lot of people in the world and I want us all on that board, but God, I want to participate and do my part. I want a revival of Bible. Yeah. Cause I, I told my wife, I was, I've had those moments where I was reading it and I was like, Oh my goodness, this is here. We yeah. haven't
0: been doing this. We haven't been doing this.
1: And that was when, you know, to kind of go back in time a little bit here, hit rewind. That was the whole watershed moment for this podcast. And I just, I felt the burden to do this. And I said, God, I I don't want to do the media side of it. I want to be off of social media. And he said, I've got someone who's going to come alongside and help you. Right. And I'm not saying we're Namaya and Ezra. That's not what I'm saying. Right. But I believe that there's always going to be a remnant in every generation that is heralding the word of God. And there's a lot more out there than just us. Right. Right. But anyone listening, go herald the word of God. Go be like an Ezra and Nehemiah, go read the Bible and be like, oh, my goodness, this is in here. Let's go tell people about it. And don't get don't get arrogant with it. I've done this. I speak from experience, not from observation, but from experience. It's very easy. In my context, fourth generation uh, Pentecostal. I fell into the trap. I'm, I'm big enough to admit. Yeah, I'm like, I'm apostolic. Yeah. And I just rested on the fact that you know my grandpa, my grandma, their mom and dad, my mom and dad, and then me just we're we're purebred, you know that kind of thing yeah and you just kind of think like God loves us because we're here God loves us because we're obedient right right so it's easy to be like we're apostolic we know better than everybody else yeah Let's stop yeah and say God we did not get here. We didn't get this revelation on our own. We, you, led us, and I believe God is leading every human. I've been talking to people across denominational lines, and man, we're all. I'm learning more and more. I'm seeing. I've been learning from from people across denominational lines. I let's just face it, we haven't been the best at love, and right? I've talked to some some great people, and they've. They've helped me understand the doctrine of love and humbly, I feel like I've helped them understand the doctrine of, of baptism. I don't know all truth, but I, I do know truths. And I had to admit, they know some truths too. And through conversation, we're growing together. But the moment we get arrogant and stop giving thanks and credit to God, right? he'll take from us whatever revelation we have and he'll give it to somebody else. And I yeah. do not want that. No, sir. That's the parable of the talents. Yeah. You didn't do anything with this that I gave you. I'm going to give it to someone else. And let's not let's not sit here and do nothing with these beautiful truths that have been given to us. Right. Let's not think oh, we got it because we're apostolic. We're special. No. 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 Yeah. People. Every person. Human being is precious and God's going to give truth to whoever wants it.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, this episode is incredible. Just a great reminder to give thanks through everything, through the highs, through the lows, to remember that God provided, even when we were messing up, even when we weren't living right, God still is on our side and is cheering for us and wanting to provide for us. Um, But this is a great episode to stop, to give thanks and to remember, to McCraw, to have these holy convocations and to stop and say, hey, we got to give thanks to our Lord. Um. Wow. What a great episode to end season one on. Um, but for all of our listeners, Hey, be prepared. Cause we got a season two's coming of this yeah. great episode of the, this great podcast. And brother AJ, you want to give us some, and maybe give a sneak peek. Don't give too much, just a little sneak peek right. of what is to come in season two.
1: Let's give a preview. All right. I wish I had a video. That'd be awesome to give a preview of <laughs> if we need, we need some, you know, some, uh, graphic engineers that can do that you know
0: yeah anyone that is listening that has free of time that is good at animation we are looking if you want to help us out because that is awesome (laughs) yeah it's it's a servant mentality yes yes have David's heart just give for free okay go ahead sorry
1: yeah yeah what we're uh, going into next the next season is righteousness and here's uh, it's not what you think righteousness is not about your standards that's something altogether different and we're going to discuss what righteousness actually means in the biblical worldview hope you're ready for it i believe it's going to help a lot of us
0: wow well, again, thank you to all of our listeners. We, What we would call is a great first season and looking at everything and all your comments and all your love and people that have called us and texted us, family, yes, friends, different churches, everybody, thank you so much. It really keeps us going. We both have a busy busy schedule but this is we this is our passion this is our love. And we want to put this out. And so again, thank you so much for sharing and liking and doing all the things that you do to help get the word out about this podcast. But uh, we look forward to seeing you in the next season, the next episode. Um, brother AJ, you want to sign us off.
1: Go read your bibles. Go McCrago binge watch.
0: Yeah. Go read your bibles.